How's it going today, guys? Once again, back here, another episode of Hot Takes with TP3. I'm at the beach right now with my family, but I still had to come to y'all and record a little podcast real quick. Got some uh, hot takes for y'all coming from NBA Free Agency. I mean, guys, it's July 2nd. Y'all already know July 1st. Yesterday was the first day of NBA Free Agency, and we all had a big Woj bomb yesterday. We were waiting on the Woj bomb to drop, and man, did it ever come down on our heads, man. Um, LeBron, four-year deal to the Lakers last night. I mean, I think the deal is absolutely huge. I mean, first off, the first thing I see here is LeBron took that four-year I think it was a $157 million deal. You know, he's out of there in Cleveland. It just wasn't the right situation for him to win. They really couldn't make any moves to get more players in. I mean, it means a lot of things in Cleveland, which I'll get to here in a second. But the first thing I'm going to say is I really don't think this is the best move for him to win. Um, I think the best move for him to win would have been in Houston or Philadelphia. I feel like they have much better pieces they could win at. Then again, at the same time, he could end up getting Kawhi Leonard to come out to L.A. in a trade here. So, I mean, we'll see if that ends up happening. It's definitely going to be interesting if that trade ends up happening or not so I'm definitely waiting to see if that happens but as of right now nothing's happened the Spurs said they don't want to trade with that conference we all know the Lakers can offer the best stuff I'm not really going to get into that I've gotten into that more than enough times for everybody um, I mean his son's in eighth grade out there and this is a four-year deal so his son is going to be part of one of those classes where they don't have to go to college it's gonna be interesting to see if LeBron is still in the NBA when his son comes there you know it'd be real weird to see him and his son play together to see his son come down and dunk on LeBron that's what we were all talking about with my buddies last night they were like oh it'd be crazy if they played together as what if they played against each other and his son boomed on him? I mean, that would be crazy to watch getting dunked on by your son. who's a rookie in the league, but I really like the fact they brought back Caldwell Pope on a one-year $12 million deal. You know, he's a really good shooter. He can knock down a lot of shots for them, so I definitely think the Lakers did a good job there, and it keeps them still uh, kind of with cap flexibility. If they're able to get dang off the books, they can go out and get Leonard. Um, what they also did was they got... Um, their new uh, J.R. Smith kind of with JaVale McGee and Lance Stevenson and their antics. You know, I really think that those guys are going to fit in well there as energy and effort players, and they'll do a lot of good stuff for them off the bench. I also, like I told y'all, I like the Mo Wagner pick, the draft pick, especially now that they got LeBron. I said if they got LeBron, I feel like he'd be a great uh, new big man to play in this new style of league. And so I really like that pick right there too by them. But though, my biggest takeaway so far from what they've done is that they're definitely not going to go after DeMarcus Cousins. I mean, they don't really have the cap space anymore to go get him it'd more have to be a trade for a guy like jimmy butler or Kawhi leonard to get another start up here with lebron which i think they absolutely have to do because as of right now they can't really beat golden state which is the goal in all of this i mean the western conference is absolutely stacked and i'll get to what it means for the eastern conference as well with lebron changing conferences but though i mean the other big thing as well is i don't really think demarcus cousins would have fit in very well out in la i mean the goal like i said is to beat the warriors and i mean boogie if you're able to impose your own style of play on them then yeah boogie's a great player to have out there because they can't really play the Hamptons five against him. But I mean, we saw with Capella as good as he had been all season. Still, the Rockets really couldn't make him work very long and very well out there with the rest of the team. So I don't really think that DeMarcus Cousins is that great of a fit, even though I'd said on Twitter that I felt like they were going to go for DeMarcus Cousins. I really thought they were going to after seeing all the reports and stuff. But I mean, I'm a fan of what they did here. And I really think it's a very good move by uh, L.A. by L.A. with everything they've done. 
Um, I mean, we'll look now at the Eastern Conference. I mean, like I said a minute ago, Kawhi could be next, but though with the Eastern Conference now, it's really a one-team race for the Celtics. I mean, yeah, Philadelphia is going to be the next best team over there. Then you got all those uh, kind of like in-between teams, like the Pacers, like Milwaukee, like the Wizards. Um, I mean, there's just so many of those teams that are just kind of like sitting on the outside looking in for the playoff race. I mean, the Raptors, yeah, I don't really regard the Raptors at all, but though, I mean, still you got those teams over there that still have a little bit of power, but I mean, it means an easy run for the Celtics throughout the Eastern Conference with LeBron changing conferences. It also means a really tight, even more uh, hard to get through Western Conference because, I mean, you still got the Rockets, you still got the Timberwolves, you still got the Pelicans. You still have so many stacked up teams out there in the Western Conference. I mean, the Western Conference is going to be a whole jumble. And, you know, this also means a lot for the Hawks, too, because, I mean, Dallas was kind of a Western Conference. People were saying a fringe playoff team once they signed DeAndre Jordan. And with everything they got, I mean, like I told you all, they're not making the playoffs. I'm sorry, guys. Dallas is not making the playoffs. We're getting that draft pick as long as they don't fall in the top five, which I really hope they don't. I mean, Phoenix got a Reza, so now they're really a fringe playoff team with every all the moves they've done. I mean, it's a big loss for Houston losing Ariza, but so they have to go out and get Capella back, which I'll get to in a minute when I talk about other free agents here. But the, I mean, Houston's still one of those top four playoff teams with or without Ariza. And it makes the makes the Suns really good as well. The Spurs are now a fringe playoff team as well, which means that it's going to be more of a jumble. Up. But looking at the Western Conference, like I've told you on the last podcast, I really think Portland and San Antonio would be the most likely teams to drop out. Although San Antonio played well without Kawhi last year, so what means they can't do it again this year? I mean, the Lakers are definitely in the playoffs. The Suns are now a fringe playoff team. The Clippers and Nuggets are also fringe playoff teams as well. So, I mean, that Western Conference is stacked up. Paul George staying in Oklahoma City as well makes it even more stacked up. So, you got the Blazers as well, more fringe playoff teams. So, I mean, the Kings, Dallas, and Grizzlies are all for sure not making the playoffs next year. So, I mean, I wouldn't really even worry about those teams. I mean, obviously, I can't say for sure not making the playoffs because, I mean, it is sports and anything can happen. We really don't know what will happen to these teams at the same time. But, though, I just don't really see these teams make it. There's too many really good teams out there. I think Utah, I would guarantee y'all that Oklahoma City, Utah, Golden State, Houston, LA, and Minnesota, that's six teams right there, all automatically make the playoffs. I can even put uh, New Orleans in there, that's seven, so that means there's one spot up for grabs between the Clippers, Nuggets, Suns, and uh, Spurs, as well as the Blazers, so that's five teams gunning for that last spot. I mean, it's going to be too tough for Dallas to make the playoffs out there, so that means a lot of good things for Atlanta, but I mean, we really saw all the big free agents. Chris Paul, he stayed. I really think that the Rockets have had a worse season last year that if Chris Paul didn't play as well that we really could have seen him go out to LA and join LeBron but just the way that they made him and uh, Chris Aaron Harden work together and uh, just how that they played together as well I just don't really see Chris Paul moving on which is why that he ended up staying he already signed re-signed his deal and everything which I love him staying there with Houston which keeps him still a good team as long as they have them too I mean yeah they lost Trevor Ariza but I really look for Houston to find themselves their next uh three and D type player. I think they should go after a guy like Wayne Ellington, maybe James Ennis. I mean, Corver, obviously I think they should bring him in just to come in and shoot threes. I think they should definitely try to resign him by Mute, but not for a lot of money. I mean, we saw how up and down that he can play and how iffy that his play is. So, I mean, I don't really think he's that much of a player that you really want to go out and pay a lot of money to, but I mean, Umbab Mute can definitely play, but though he also had that shoulder injury, but I mean, he was missing easy threes. So Houston definitely needs to find themselves a couple new three and D players to throw in the mix as long 
long as well as re-sign Capella. They absolutely cannot lose Clint Capella. I know I said I wouldn't pay him $20 million, but at this point in time, you got to keep your team together. Maybe try to get him on a three-year $60 million deal, something like that. I wouldn't pay him a huge long-term deal because you can't screw your team once Chris Paul's done and walks away from basketball. But at the same time, you have to keep your team together and you have to stay winning because, I mean, the Lakers just got better and they're going to be up there competing. I still think the Rockets will be better than the Lakers unless they end up getting Kawhi or another superstar to pair along with LeBron. But as of right now, I have Golden State finishing one, Houston finishing two, and number three being the Lakers in that Western Conference. So... It's going to be a fun, really good race uh, race to watch out there. Kevin Durant, obviously, he stayed even, said he was staying. Not much of a story there. I mean, DeAndre to Dallas, I just talked about a second ago. It makes Dallas a better team. It was one year, $23 million. I like that deal for DeAndre. I know that we a couple years ago, we saw him get locked in his own house by the Clippers to get him to stay there. Obviously, that didn't happen this time. He opted out and went over there. Um, I just still don't think they're much of a playoff team. I think DeAndre just did it for one year to see how things go out there. I could see Dallas getting another big-name free agent, though, in a following offseason or here come soon and uh, keeping DeAndre there on a more long-term deal. So, I mean, I definitely like that. But out of the top free agents with Paul George staying, Chris Paul staying, DeAndre staying, and Kevin or DeAndre going to, to uh, Dallas and KD staying, and LeBron moving, the only top free agent we're waiting on to make a move yet is DeMarcus Cousins. But, I mean, this Western Conference, guys, is so stacked up. All the players are going over here. I'm waiting on the shift to happen to the East. I think the East needs a couple more good players over there before the shift happens. But, I mean, these drafts, we're going to see the East keep building up these teams and getting all the good young players over in the East because they're going to have all the high lottery picks. So the East will start stacking up just like when it was the East that was all stacked up when you had to go through the Magic, the Celtics, the Cavs. I mean, the Hawks even were good when they had Joe Johnson on them. That Hawks Team, I think it was probably our most stacked roster we had, but we couldn't make it through the conference because it was so stacked up. So, I mean, it's just like in the NFL, how the powers change when the West or when the AFC was all stacked. Now the NFC is all stacked. I mean, the powers will shift. It'll all change up. That's how sports work. That's how they've always worked. So just looking for all that to change with this next wave of players. But now I'm going to get into my top remaining free agents. All right, guys. So like I said, let's look at our top free agents we have left here. Obviously, DeMarcus Cousins is my top free agent remaining left on my board. Um, I mean, Boogie guys, I like to call him Boogie Cousins. That's his nickname. He's like the boogeyman with how big he is and his skill set and everything. I love his skill set, how he's a point forward, guys. I really value point forwards over a lot of these other players in the league because of their ability, not only to shoot the ball from the outside, but how they get the rebound and push tempo and help you push the ball up the floor. I don't know if y'all saw, but... The Pelicans played with the second fastest pace in the league, and I mean, the Warriors were up there as well with their pace, but the Pelicans have Anthony Davis and DeMarcus Cousins. He literally have guard skills as big men and get rebounds and just push them up the floor, so I value DeMarcus Cousins extremely highly because he's a very unique skill set in this league. There's only about five to ten players in the league that have the skill set, but Cousins is still recovering from an injury, guys. I mean, I personally, if I'm Houston, I don't take a risk on him. If I'm LeBron, I don't take a risk on him. I mean, he probably won't be able to play all those minutes you need him against the Warriors. Anthony Davis is able to, but that's because he's a little bit different with his wing versatility. He's a little more versatile than Cousins is. Cousins is a little more of your typical center big man kind of guy, but he still has that guard skill set. He just can't really guard out on the wing as much because Anthony Davis is just a freak of nature, once-in-a-lifetime player. But I think personally that Boogie's recovering from this injury. So I think his best fits are Dallas, the Thunder, and the Wizards. They're all kind of, if you will, teams that need another piece. I mean, obviously in the East, they're not fringe playoff teams. Dallas, if they got him, would be a fringe playoff team. I mean, all these teams, they're going to have to move money and move players in order to get him. So it's a long shot for all of them. Personally, I think he stays put in New Orleans. I think that he knows how to play well with Davis. New Orleans played very well with them. I don't think New Orleans wants to pay him the big money, but I think he should try to shoot for a one or 
two year deal and kind of bet on himself to have a big season next year and get his money that way. I really think it's the best case scenario here for Cousins. So I look for DeMarcus to stay put here in New Orleans and then to pay him probably a one or two year deal. Maybe he could squeeze a max out of him or at least a $20 million deal, like two years, $45 million, something like that. I don't know if he'll be able to squeeze that max or not, but I definitely think Boogie deserves to get paid. And I think he'll stay put unless one of these teams is really able to move somebody. I'd love to see the Thunder somehow get mellow off their books and get cousins in there to play with them and have their own little big three. I mean, that would make the West so stacked up because then you'd have LeBron, who we know doesn't need a big three. Then you, on top of that, you have the big three in Oklahoma City. You have Houston with Pardon and Paul. Then on top of that, you got uh, obviously Golden State. You got Minnesota. You just have so many teams just stacked up top to bottom. I mean, it'd be absolutely wild to see him go there, but I don't think he'd go there. I don't think he'll go to Washington either, but I think that could honestly push Washington to top three in the East if they were able to get him. I still think, though, don't sleep on the Bucks. I'd love to see them get rid of Bledsoe and get a shooter. Like I've been telling y'all, Giannis is now the best player left in the Eastern Conference. I know I saw earlier on Twitter that Skip Bayless said Embiid is. I'm sorry, Skip, but Giannis Antetokounmpo is easily the best player left in that conference. He's a top five. He's a fringe top five player in the league, and I think he could make the jump as soon as this season if he got a little bit better jump shot. I really think that if the Bucks get another shooter to pair with Chris Middleton, the way they could stretch the floor along with re-signed Jabari Parker, they'd be nasty. I'll get to Jabari Parker here in a minute. Um my next player on my list here is Julius Randle. Um, I don't know if L.A. is going to keep him or not. The way the Caps designed, L.A. could keep him, but I just think they won't because they want to bring another superstar to peace along with LeBron. So I think he's on his way out. Um, I think that he fits well on any team that needs an energy player like OKC. Obviously, once again, they have to get rid of Melo before they could really make any moves. Um, I think that he really fits well, though, with any playoff team is the way he plays with the energy. He's kind of like a poor man's Draymond Green a little bit, with, but he's more of like a big man's powerful, pure power forward style of Draymond not as much of the guard set skills that Draymond has. Although Draymond is a real hit or miss shooter, but I mean, Randall plays hard. He gets lots of rebounds. He gets a good amount of points. He really runs the floor really well. So I love his skill set for the player he is. Um, I think he's probably going to end up going to Dallas. I could see them end up paying him. He's from Dallas. That's where he played his high school ball and grew up. So I definitely see him going there. My next player here, I actually have Isaiah Thomas in front of Julius Randle. Y'all know how much I love Isaiah Thomas. This is a guy who plays with a chip on his shoulder. I love players that play with a chip on their shoulder. I think that that makes, makes them play harder. They play for more. I mean, Russell Westbrook, Damian Lillard, look at them. They play hard with a chip on their shoulder. And I, that's how Isaiah Thomas plays too. He already said he won't be a six man, which I mean, people forget what he did in Boston. I hate how the media, people listen to the media and let them sway and change opinions of players. The media will take one thing you say out of a sentence and change everything that you say. Like it's just absolutely absurd how the media does stuff like that. And that's what they've done here with Isaiah Thomas. So I think that he needs to take a deal somewhere where he can rebuild what the media has destroyed for him, a short term deal and build back up his stock and his brand. I think he fits really well in the Eastern conference for a team like Indiana, Detroit or New York. Also the Spurs, he could possibly fit in well there. I don't know if San Antonio is interested in him or all, if they showed any entrance, but I think he fits really well there. They could use a point guard like him and make them a much better team by getting a guy like him who's a superstar at scoring the basketball but I'd love to see him and Oladipo paired together. I think that Indiana has the athletic wings to hide him on defense, as does Detroit. They have the athletic wings to hide him on defense. And then, of course, y'all know New York. New York's a big city. They could always land a big-time free agent. I know a lot of people don't believe in stuff like that, but when you're Isaiah Thomas, going to a big spotlight like New York could be the best possible thing for you to build your brand. I mean, New York's been a team struggling. You and Porzingis paired together. You could take them to the playoffs in a really weak Eastern Conference. I think that's the perfect situation. If I had to pick where he should go, I personally think he should go to Indiana. I mean, Detroit 
Detroit has to get Reggie Jackson off the books, which would be very tough for them to do. He's due over $17 million this next season, so I think that'd be very tough for them to do. I would love to see him go to Indiana. Indiana might have to make a couple moves to make the money work and whatnot, but... I really think that Indiana would be a top three or four team in the East. I think a lot of these Eastern Conference teams like Milwaukee, Indiana, Washington, they're really one player away from throwing themselves in the mix of going to the com- of go- going to the uh, conference finals. I don't know if anybody can beat Boston, but I mean, who knows? I mean, you can't say you never say never in sports. I know the NBA has been one of the more sure things sports with the best team getting back to the finals. But people love to forget Chris Paul doesn't get hurt. Houston goes to the NBA finals and beats the Cavs and messes all that up. So once again, yeah, or even I mean, Kyrie and all them not getting hurt. I mean, we could have had a Celtics Rockets finals and everybody would have hated that. No LeBron or Golden State, but I think that's the best move for Isaiah Thomas. And I think that's what he'll end up doing is going to one of those fringe or one of those like fringe conference finals East teams. So I really like that move there for him. Up next, I have Clint Capella for the, obviously, I think he needs to resign in Houston, and I think Houston should pay him. I know I don't really like his skill set, but with the way he plays defense and his energy that he brings to the table, I'm Houston. You got to go pay him. You really have no other choice at this point. You got to stay relevant in the conference. If you lose Capella, you drop more back to like that five, four, five, six, seven team rather than being as high up as you are right now. I mean, you got P.J. Tucker, your junkyard dog, so you can go small with teams too, but Houston absolutely has to pay Capella straight up. I mean, I know I've been saying for a long time that I don't like paying him that kind of money for a player that can't really make any moves to get himself an open shot. But at this point, it is what it is. Houston, you got to swallow it. Like I said, I said a little bit earlier when I was talking about the West, just don't pay him that fat max contract, but pay him enough to keep him around and don't make it a long contract. So if Chris Paul's a contract is up, you still have flexibility to bring more players in because Harden still got a lot of his good portion of career ahead of him. All right, so let's get to the last free agents I have on here. I had J.J. Redick on this list, but J.J. Redick re-signed with the uh, 70 Sixers, which I love by them bringing in. It still gives them the ability on that one-year $12 million deal if they get Jared Bayless off the books to be able to trade for Kawhi Leonard. I really think they could put together a good package, and if they get desperate enough, I think they should throw Fultz in there because if they get rid of Fultz and bring Kawhi in there, I mean, I really think they have a good chance at giving the Celtics a run for their money or at least making it a close series with the Celtics. So I really think that could be a very good and beneficial move there for them if they want to win that conference. But I mean, we'll see what happens there. I don't know what they want to give up right now. I've seen they've offered three first-round picks like I've been saying that unprotected heat pick is very valuable in 2021 first draft for college or high school players can skip college and come straight in so would love to see them make a move there with that but I don't know what's going to happen with Leonard I still think that at the end of the day the Lakers can offer the best package and they said they'd go more aggressively once they got the commitment from LeBron so I expect them to go aggressively after him um, Jabari Parker guys I think he the Bucks have to re-sign him I love how he stretches the floor he's a great stretch for I think he'd be a great fit there he's also a good fit for any team that doesn't think they're going to make the playoffs and wants to gamble on him we've seen him play well we've seen him get injured a lot though which is the one thing with paying him I think that some team will end up offering him a huge offer sheet and it'll be up to the Bucks to match or not. I really don't know what the Bucks are going to do. Not a lot has come out of their camp. I think they're kind of sitting around waiting to see what happens. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens here, guys. But I think at the end of the day, the Bucks need to go out and pay this man and get him his money and bring him back because I think he's a very good fit for them. Up next, I have Tyreek Evans, who kind of has a good guard skill set. He's not a great shooter, but I mean, he can do a lot of good things for a playoff team that needs him. I've seen that he's been talking to L.A., Golden State, teams like that. It really depends if Evans wants to be a six man on a team that's going to make the playoffs or if Evans wants to kind of go out and get his money and get paid. If I'm Evans, I'd go get paid and not sign with a playoff team. But I think Evans will probably take a little bit less money to go with the playoff team. Where's his best fit? I don't really I think, like I said, it's with any of those playoff teams that will pay him whatever he needs. But I mean, he's a good like six man kind of 
a role player you need it with his skill set of being a slasher floor runner defender he can score the ball a little bit not a great shooter but i mean he does all those things well so lots of good fits for evans my last player i have on this list here is Dwight Howard now that he got bought out by the by the Nets after he's been moved around so much? It's kind of crazy how his stock has changed around for him. But I think he should go to Golden State. I feel like that'd be crazy to have him there. I mean, Dwight's still getting paid that tw- that twenty million dollar deal that he signed with Atlanta. Obviously, it's by the Nets who bought him out. But though Dwight doesn't really need the money at this point. If I'm him, go get your ring, Dwight. Go to Golden State. I mean, they'd be unstoppable with you in there. Screw it, man. Take the less money. I don't know if they have a mid level ex- exception available or not, but go get paid, Dwight. It's what you got to do. All right, guys. So let's talk real quick here. This is before I start the uh, World Cup whip around. Um, I just want to talk real quick about Cam Chancellor and the Legion of Boom. I mean, it's a sad day, guys, seeing that he has to walk away from football. He's not retiring, so he can get the rest of the money on his deal. But basically, he's a serious neck injury. And if he were to get hit again, he wouldn't be able to play or he might be uh, paralyzed for the rest of his life. So it really is a sad thing to see happen. I mean, Cam Chancellor was a fun player to watch. Him coming out of the backfield and just destroying players. I mean, the Legion of Boom, guys, was great to watch. I'm really sad that that era had to end in the NFL. They were one of my favorite teams to watch with all the smack. They would talk to other teams and just everything they would do out on the field. I mean, they made plays across the field. There's no denying that. So I definitely am going to miss them being together as a team and everything, but it's pretty much over. All they have left is Earl Thomas. I mean, Brandon Browner's retired. Richard Sherman's on the Seahawks. I mean, it's the team just fell apart. It's what happens in the NFL. Eventually, teams fall apart like that. But, I mean, I just got to give a shout-out to Cam Chancellor for making um, the NBA, the NFL fun to watch and just for making huge hits and stuff. But let's get to the World Cup here, guys. I mean, so right now, guys, we're waiting on the end of this uh, Belgium-Japan game. They're just starting right now, so it's going to be interesting to see who comes out and wins this game. Personally, I got Belgium winning big, and they're going to play Brazil next. I think they're going to end up beating Brazil. I mean, Brazil's a good team, guys, but Neymar's really been getting on my nerves with all the flopping and stuff that he's been doing. I mean, it was absolutely awful today. He flopped so many times. There's so many memes going around the internet. He's one of the biggest crybabies I've seen in a while in sports, but I really like Belgium to get through. Like I've said, guys, Belgium's been the best team. I don't know if they'll beat Japan. I mean, I think they'll beat J- Japan right here. It's not official or anything, so we can't necessarily say it's official, but should Japan get through, I like Brazil to win, but I mean, nothing's gone the way we thought it would in this, in this World Cup. We've seen Ronaldo and Messi go home in the same day we saw uh, Spain lose to Russia, which I told y'all Spain plus, or Russia plus one was your best bet in that game. I hope y'all took it and rode that with me. So that was obviously a nice little come up right there. Croatia and penalties over Denmark. I really thought that was a game they could win in regulation. I thought that was kind of a steal, but I like uh, I like Croatia to get through to the next round. I really like a Croatia and Belgium matchup. I mean, I know I picked France, but I just think that Belgium's been the most impressive team so far throughout the cup. I mean, they've absolutely impressed everyone. I really look for them to go off today and get a lot of goals against South Korea, like I've been saying, but it's not going to be an easy road for them, but they can definitely do it here. I mean, we got England playing tomorrow. who has been a good team too. I'd love to see them get through. I mean, really the left side of the bracket compared to the right side of the bracket is a lot more stacked up, but I mean, it was just crazy guys seeing Messi and Ronaldo go, go uh, home on the same day. I mean, I really did not expect to see that happen happen at all. I know I picked both of them to go home that day, but I mean, it's just it's just when it happens, it's, it hits you a lot differently than when you predict something happening, if you know what I mean. I mean, I really think these are two of the best players in the world, and it kind of sucks for the World Cup. They've had all these players go home that they have all the hype around and have all these teams out of it, like Germany and stuff out of it. Those are their big moneymaker teams. So, I mean, they're definitely hurting from that, but... 
We got Uruguay versus France. I mean, I like France to advance through that game. Yeah, Uruguay's good. I mean, Portugal played in kind of a weak division. Spain never really played well. I think they really lack a world-class striker. I know they have lots of good midfielders and stuff, lots of good creators and defenders, but they really just lack that one elite goal scorer. Diego Costa's good and all, but he's not just his elite goal scoring. He's like a Messi, Ronaldo, Neymar, Griezmann. I mean, they really just lack a player like that at striker, and I think that's what hurt them and sent them home. Argentina looked absolutely awful throughout the World Cup. I mean, their coach was so stupid. I mean, I don't know how that you don't start Dybala and throw Messi out on the wing. I mean, I think, know that Messi does a good job of creating shots, but I mean, that's what Dybala does too, and I think that he would have done a great job of creating shots for that team, and I mean, they didn't even put Icardi on the team, which is absolutely baffling to me, and I mean, they deserve to go home. It was terrible coaching, terrible play. I mean, they didn't even look like they deserved to be there, so... I didn't have any problem with Argentina going home. Obviously, you got Russia and Croatia over here. I mean, things will happen and can happen for the host nations to get through the next round. But I just think Croatia smells their uh, next round that they're getting to here. And I think they really want it more than uh, Russia will. And I think they'll end up getting there. They're the better team. So I definitely see them winning. Obviously, we're waiting on to see what happens in Sweden, Switzerland, Colombia, England. Sweden, Switzerland's an absolute toss, in my opinion. I mean, both these teams are really built the same way. They're both these big, physical European teams who play hard. Both teams played well. Obviously, Switzerland kind of closed out the group stage on a negative note. Sweden 3-0'd Mexico and eliminated Germany. So, I mean, they kind of had a different way to end things. I kind of give Sweden the edge just because they're rolling a little bit more going in this game. Colombia, England's going to be a big game. Obviously, we don't know if James is going to be in the game or not. That's huge. But even if he does play, I still like England advance. I think the three Lions are hungry and they want it. So... I think we'll be looking at Croatia versus England here in the semifinal. I give Croatia the the heads up. I mean, I like the way England's played. I enjoy watching them play. I think they're a really good team, but I just think that it's Croatia's year, man. I just feel like everything's going for them, so I look for them to go ahead and advance. Obviously, on the other side here, I've got Belgium meeting up with France. I know I said I picked Belgium to, to get past them. I mean, that's going to be a hell of a matchup, too. I'm really excited to see how everything plays out here, but I mean, guys, there's a lot of soccer left to be played. It's going to be fun to watch. I hope all y'all have been watching and following the World Cup. If not, now's the perfect time to when these games mean so much more when you go to penalties and you go to extra time. I mean, it just makes the game so much more intense and so much more fun to watch. So look for a lot of good things to happen here. And I'll keep you all updated on everything. But this has been today's podcast, guys. Go follow me on Twitter. Go uh, at Hot Takes with TP3. Got lots of good stuff. Got bets coming for y'all. NBA free agency takes and news coming for y'all. Tons of stuff coming out there. But next podcast, look for me to hammer the Eastern Conference and talk to y'all what the Eastern Conference looks at long term. I know I did it short here today, but I'm really going to get into it a lot more on next podcast. Just want to keep y'all too long. But until then, I'll see y'all. I got him on the end of the rice. The home and the ram with the diners. Every week I change my clouds. Got a fitness store in my house. Got a brilliant garage in my house. Got to wash up my wrist cause a house. My bitch ain't sleeping in my house. Make a sleep at the hotel now. And when you talk me, you talking on cap. And your diamonds ain't looking like tap. I was always looking for the pouch. Keep an army bitch in my lap.